Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special new simulcast podcast called Courageously Broken here on the Neil Haley Network and syndicated on the Neil Haley Show. And I'm excited to welcome the program. Author of Courageously Broken, Donna Michaels. And Donna Michaels is erasing the stigma of PTSD. Donna, I appreciate it. And I know you're excited about our guests today. I am. I'm very excited. Thank you. Absolutely. Donna and I connected on Clubhouse. And I don't know if these guys have gone to Clubhouse. It's one of the greatest places to connect with so many different people and also the veteran community. I heard about her story and said she had to be on the network. So our guests today are Justin Roberts and Hank Barb, and they are going to talk about this new veteran-focused Echo Bravo Productions, Do Good. Guys, thanks for stopping by. How are you? Great. Thanks. Yeah. Good. All right. Good. All right. So, and how are you guys surviving the pandemic? What is it like in Louisiana right now? Uh, it's, I think it's like it is uh, everywhere else, except that we are still recovering from the disasters, uh, Hurricane Laura and Delta. And uh, and then also that freeze that happened. Uh, so we had three disasters in six months. So we're, we're hanging in there. Okay. Well, hopefully the end of 2021 will be better than the time period since the pandemic. That's what and we said in 2020. Yeah. Huh? Now we know <laughs> we said that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, but we, I don't know if it has been a good 2021. We have to kind of assess that in certain ways. All right, yeah. Donna. Donna now has some questions for the guys. So go ahead and start. Hey guys, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, you know, us veteran people, we're like family, even though we've never met. So um, it's my honor. I've heard amazing things about you guys. So, and thank you for um, allowing us to interview you. So my first question is for Hank. How did you get involved in uh, Do Good? Well, uh, I met Justin in 2017, Yeah, right? In 2017. And uh, we, uh, we, we, got along really well and, and we started talking he he shot a music video for us and then we figured out that we kind of struggled with some of the same things so we started calling each other every morning at 8 39 o'clock and we just had like the battle buddy system thing going on and uh after a while we just got to know each other really well and you know we he was a chaplain and i was a medic and so we kind of we're used to in our professional careers being the helpers and going and either spiritual guidance or medical assistance, you know, and I always say it's better if the chaplain is calling for the medic than if the medic's <laughs> calling for the chaplain. Right. Uh, Amen. Amen. That's, yeah. that's perfect. Well, my next question was going to be for Justin, the same thing. How did you get involved? But Hank, I think you, you kind of just answered that. So I guess what yeah. I should follow it up with is how exactly did the two of you come together? I mean, where did you meet? Can you tell that story? Yeah, yeah, that was actually during the veteran inaugural ball uh, in 2016, the pre veteran uh, presidential inaugural ball. Gotcha. And okay. So I was doing the invocation and he was doing the music. So we started talking and he told me his backstory about just his journey to finding music and finding hope with it and being able to push forward. And I was like, man, I'll, I just want to shoot music videos for you till you're famous. Yeah. Uh, wow. he, uh, he told me, he said, that he that my introduction was I wrote a movie or I directed a movie called No Greater Love, won a bunch of awards and I'm giving all the money to veterans. And oh, so, I wow. said, so I said, well, I wrote a song called Lessons Learned and that's why I'm here. So I'll give it away too. And he called <laughs> and he called me on it. And so now we've had this kind of professional relationship since then. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Basically, so basically you guys networked together and that networking led to do good mm -hmm. and the and the production company. 
yeah so it's like it's it's connecting together that turned into a friendship both of us approach art differently though i'm on the film side he's on the music side and so we started talking about well how can we use our different talents to start making an impact and a difference so i drove down with my family to san antonio and we started just brainstorming what we wanted to do uh, we came up with the idea for do good that we would tell the stories of people making an impact in, in different places and then donate that money to those charities uh, because a lot of people have been financially impacted by COVID. They don't have the money to donate. So they sure. hear about all this awful stuff. They would like to make a difference, but they don't, they don't have the ability. So what we're doing is we're allowing that audience just by watching and sharing to still make an impact, we'll donate the monetization of views okay. to those charities. So people just watch and then they're able to donate and make a difference. And we've got a good partnership with the United Way of Southwest Louisiana, who's going to mm -hmm. handle all that financial stuff yeah. uh, so that me and Chappie don't have to worry about. I failed every that. math class I ever yeah. took. <laughs> <laughs> me yeah, too. So the, the, the way it formed together was it went from a friendship and us, trying to figure out how we could make a difference during these tough times. And then that's when we heard that Hurricane Laura was headed to my hometown here in Lake Charles. Mm -hmm. So it was like the next day we heard that was coming. So uh, I called him and I said, Hey, we need to start this now. Yeah. We were supposed to start it in March. Like now this we were month. supposed to start filming <laughs> it right now, mm -hmm. but, yeah. but uh, the, the storm had different plans. Yeah. Wow. It's it's funny how things like that can take can take you from zero to sixty. You think you got this great plan and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody somebody lights the fuse and, and you're like a rocket yeah. taking off. You always say in the military that the, the the best plans never survive initial contact. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's why you always have plan B and C and yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, guys. Um mm -hmm. and I think Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm 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 going completely off script here. But Neil knows me; I do that. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. When you talked about the battle buddy calls and, and everything, do you find it to be very uh, cathartic, paying it forward and doing good things for other people? You get ten times more back than than you do giving. I think so. Like yeah, like the uh, nobody gets home on their own fully. I mean, no nobody processes things on their own fully. You need people for that. And so it's uh, just having those conversations. I could tell Hank anything. I know he's going to get where I'm coming from. And, you know, he had similar experiences. He had some even more experiences. And he knows what it's like to go through all those struggles of PTSD and whenever you come home. And so uh, that has helped me tremendously. And I'm being sure. able to focus on and actually reconnect with my purpose of making a difference. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I'm lost without that. I, I was a chaplain. You know, right. I, I need to be plugged into right. doing good. And but so, I think, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's I, I think I think that's the thing about veterans, though. It's that call to duty. It's that call to for the greater good. And when we find, you know, when we get out of the military and and we can't find our next chapter or our next, uh, you know, opportunity to give pay it forward, or you know what I'm talking about. We're all on the same page. Um, it, it, it's such a, a for me, um, it's liberating. It's like finally I have a new mission, a new purpose, a new opportunity for the greater good. And when you get to connect with other veterans who are of the same mindset, it just makes it work all the much better. So that's kind of what I was thinking you guys had managed to pull off because what you guys are doing is, is incredible. Um, 
my next question is for Hank. What were the challenges to filming the documentary? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, part of the challenge was that, you know, we had planned to start it in March, like we said, uh, and then the storm happened. And so the storm happened. We had no chance to really plan, do a real plan and do and like uh, our our corporate sponsor, CoreLogic. They're awesome. Uh, we started filming and shooting just in good faith that that was going to happen. And it did. Wow. Uh, but uh, I think the biggest challenge was it was kind of like guerrilla filmmaking, right? Shooting in a war zone. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, more that's buildings were not that down. different for you, Justin. You ever shot that kind of a crazy thing before? This would be especially being the director. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, with uh, my first documentary, No Greater Love, I was filming uh, numerous missions and operations, and uh, right? yeah, Kunar Province, Afghanistan. And so we had two hundred Purple Hearts and an eight hundred man unit and wow. eighteen killed in action. Uh, two of the largest battles in the Afghan war took place while we were filming as well, uh, in the top ten. You know, so. It's used to getting shot at, but what was different, kind of like Hank was saying, is that the devastation was here that was here was so similar. Yeah, yeah. I, I, right. I'd been on the, in Baghdad, walking, you know, like the Baghdad after we bombed them, and uh, Cameron was a hundred times worse. Uh, downtown Lake Charles, I've never seen brick buildings just fall down. Oh my gosh! From it's the wind, apart. and they did. Uh, it was uh, incredible to see. 95% of homes were impacted. Um, I think only like 20% of businesses uh, were functional after the storm. And uh, we were without electricity for like three or three weeks, right? Three weeks yeah. without water for like two weeks. It prepped me for that freeze in Texas. Um, storm. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. And so it's like the, uh, it's, it's, and the thing is, is that the tragedy of, let well, I me mean, aside from the tragedy of the tragedy was, it also only made the news for like a day or two. Mm -hmm. And then because of the contentious election, everybody just moved on. And so that also shot us to get resources, support, reaching out to communities, all these needed things that whenever a, a community gets knocked down, you need the entire nation to rally in order to get back up quickly. And we just didn't have that. So, and then just a, a few months later, after that, we had Hurricane Delta. And all the debris that was pushed into the uh, the drainage systems, well, all that rain that came from Hurricane Delta created a flood that hit so fast and landlocked to so many people to where we were having to do rescue operations to get them out. So I was with the Cajun Navy on those rescue operations. Yeah, I've heard about the Cajun Navy. I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it Katrina that kind of uh, when, when, when they started and now they've just been there for a disaster since? Yeah, and it's it's an interesting solution. That's actually going to be our second episode coming up is crowdsourcing to respond to natural disasters. Yeah. You know, we see that the frequency and severity of natural disasters is increasing. Storms upon storms, hurricanes upon hurricanes throughout the country. And so there is nobody in this nation that's not going to be a recipient of one of these disasters at some point. And so how do you want the rest of the nation to respond when it's your turn? Mm -hmm. You know, that is the question. And so how do we mobilize if the government is slow to respond? The government's not capable of doing everything. Right. It's going to be on the communities and everybody just to connect and help out in some way, because eventually it's going to be your turn, too. 
Yep. Yeah. Then people got to learn how to pull together for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so what, I guess that brings us to this next question. What would you like people to take away from your documentary? The average person, when they see your documentary, what is it you want them to take away from it? Um, I think it's that one, you're going to watch something today. You're going to uh, engage into some social media. You're going to be a part of these conversations. What we're doing is it's, it's apolitical. It's going towards good works. And just by watching, you're still making a difference, but you're also plugging into conversations that we need to have as a nation. How are we going to face these challenges and how can we support those who are on the front lines, you know, doing the work that's saving lives. So that way, whenever it's your community. And, 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 and I think the, the big thing that, that we want to show is that no matter what happens, you know, how bad stuff is going, there's still hope. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of the overall message is like the hurricane was terrible, you right. know, but what I, what I saw, I saw black people, white people, Republicans, Democrats, everybody exactly. just together helping. There was one food line that we were on and they had guys who were working, you know, minimum wage jobs serving food. The guy next to him is a general surgeon. Remember that? Everybody, guy? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and he was there serving food too, because it didn't matter how rich you were. There wasn't any food to eat. It's while the rest of the country was divided, you know, over October, uh, this, this community was united mm -hmm. and it was probably one of the very few areas where this nation was united That's cool. and people coming from all different kinds of races, backgrounds, and religions were able to come together for something greater than themselves and really support one another. Mm -hmm. And we were cut off from, the news and everything else. And it was actually uh, enlightening because we got to see what this country could be again. And it was inspiring and it was beautiful. And so I think that's what outshines the disaster in this series. Like Hank is saying is the hope. And we want people to connect with that because I think we desperately need something like that right now. Yeah. So, Absolutely. So, so Justin, like looking at this in so many ways, why, our natural disasters still continuing in Louisiana, even though how they try to figure this out with Katrina, why hasn't certain things been able to stop this flooding from happening based on specifically the location. So you guys continue I, to get hit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all across the country. Like all these disasters are hitting in, in the frequency, the fires in California, mm -hmm. yeah. all along the, the Southeast coastline. If it's us today, it's going to be Florida tomorrow. And so we're trying to catch up with the infrastructure. I think the, the government is trying to catch up to this, but we're slow to receive the message that the frequency and severity are increasing. And we really, and that's an information problem. It's also sometimes a storytelling problem. You know, it gets lost at like, like hurricane Laura, we got lost in the news. Mm -hmm. Everybody mm -hmm. forgot about us. We had people calling, uh, somebody called Hank and said, is there a fire going down there in Louisiana? Yeah. I, was, I, I <laughs> so, yeah, I, so we're not communicating very well. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I'm, I'm here in, uh, in, uh, in Lake Charles helping with the disaster, and my friend's like, was there a fire there too? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, man, no, we're drowning <laughs> here, and that's so, so we're not having conversations about the things that are killing us. Two American towns were wiped off the map without even a whisper. Cameron was 
gone. I remember we looked, there was a road and the late, and it was just yeah. a road with a bunch of debris on the side. And, and one of the ladies said there were 55 houses on that street. And, and now there weren't even. This is an American community that was there for hundreds, over a hundred years. Yeah. And so it's weird. And it's very odd that we're not having these conversations nationally, but if a bit of drama you know, pops up, it's all going to be all over the airwaves. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we need to figure out how to have critical conversations, how to get this to the front stage. And the only way that we know how to do that is to humanize the stories, tell them as most powerful way that we can, and then get that out in front of the American public. But also we're trying to marry not just the message, but also the mission. So just by engaging in this conversation, you're also going to be making an impact for these organizations. So we're going to kill two birds with one stone, Neil with do good. Awesome. I think I think most Americans would agree they would much rather see a lot more true, real, normal, everyday American stories like this. And what I mean by that is a lot less Hollywood, a lot less celebrityism, a lot less agenda pushing, um, and more tr- real, honest to God American stories. And I think you guys are doing what you're doing is phenomenal and long overdue. So thank you for that. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. Um, Last question. So as Neil mentioned, I am a veteran and I wrote a book called Courageously Broken. My story, the purpose of sharing my story, I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2017. um, And the purpose of me coming, going public with my story is because we're losing too many brothers and sisters to suicide. And I'm of the mentality of like, okay, we've been doing 22 push-ups and the awareness and it's great. And I asked myself, I'm like, all right, we're aware. We got it. We got a problem. Now what? So um, when I was trying to decide whether or not to go public with my story, someone that I know took his life. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, um, and I was the last person he talked to, I later found out. And that sucked because I had absolutely no idea um, that he was in a bad place. It was very sudden. Um, So... I thought, you know what, if, and, and a friend, it was a close friend of mine that told me if I share my story, I might could help somebody. So I've decided that sharing my story, my goal with it is to erase the stigma. I speak from experience. The reason I would not ask for help, because I'm a crisis intervention trained officer. I've been doing this for years. I knew what would happen if I asked for help, or at least in my mind, I thought I knew what would happen. And the reason I wouldn't ask for help is because I didn't want to get locked up in the, in the mental hospital, right? So I was keeping it yeah. to myself. And that's what all veterans and first responders are afraid of. We just imagine going away in handcuffs and being locked up in the mental ward with some psychiatrist that has never served a day in his life and can't possibly understand what it is we're going through, right? That's what we all think. So um, my goal is to erase the stigma of PTSD. What I want to know is what other ways do you think we can do this? Like my way was, was uh, writing a book and sharing my story, but what other ideas do you guys have? I, I know for me, uh, and, and this is just from me talking to Justin, uh, it's, I try to show people what helped me instead of saying, hey, this is what you need yeah. to do because that'll turn people off. You know, uh, I, I had some struggles and Justin's documented them. And the, the it, you, I think the, the second video that goes up is, is this actually, Friday. This Friday is an interview with me and a music video. Uh, 
talking specifically about that. And that's all that I can do is, is tell you, this is what helped me. Yeah. Because when I start telling you, Hey, this is what you need to do to fix that. I'm wrong right off the bat because it's different yeah. for everybody. Absolutely. But, yeah. Hey, what would you, would you agree? Just talking, just talking in general with each other to let each other know we're not, they're not alone. Yeah. The, uh, the, the unit that was featured in no greater love. The first documentary that I did, was the most suicidal battalion in 2009. So when I got there on the second day on the job, we had a suicide. And then a week later, we had another, then a couple months later, another, then another. Also a suicidal ideation every single week for the first six months. So to turn that around, I just circled up with the senior NCOs. We started talking about, well, what's not working and, and what could work? Right. What we developed was just simply sitting down with each platoon, everybody taking off the rank and talking and, and finally connecting. And actually talking about what is this stigma that we're dealing with? What, what is preventing you from coming forward? And how can we, if we're willing to run through bullets and bombs to try to save a person's life and be, right. be willing to die for one another, what are we willing to do here as we're losing people? Well, that program, we wound up deploying. We had a very traumatic deployment. We did the program before that, deployed, did the program during the deployment. When we were coming back because we had so many casualties, and so much combat trauma, people thought that we we're going to have more suicides. But instead, we had a 70% reduction in suicidal ideations and zero suicides. So the thing, if I was to simplify what I've seen work, what I've quantifiably seen work, is friendship, the ability to openly communicate, and purpose. And veterans coming home have to realize that this nation is falling apart. They yeah. have to mobilize. This is the next chapter. You raise your right hand. You don't get to quit just because your service with the military is done. You still have to come back and rebuild this thing. Exactly. Fix it. Connect with your next purpose. And you have to connect with your brothers and sisters and, and help each other into that next stage as well. So it, the solution to this country is also the same solution to the veteran suicides. Mm -hmm. It's reconnecting with our purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. well said. Well, I want to thank everyone for their service, not just you guys, but also Donna as well and all the veterans that are listening to this. And I think that the power is we have to give them a purpose when they come home and understand what they've gone through to protect us. You guys protected us so that we can be free. And that's the understanding thing that's missing. Just like in the, at the end of the Vietnam War, people forgot that. They didn't understand this is important. Our military is important. We have to continue to honor our military the best we can at all times. And I appreciate what you guys are doing. Where can we check out the, again, the docu-series? Where is it located? Yeah, so yeah. We, we are up on YouTube. You just have to search for Do Good. And uh, we are now rising in the ranks, slowly but surely. Uh, okay. it's just It just came out. So please uh, go to YouTube. Uh, YouTube and Facebook watch the, their mm -hmm. Facebook is running the episodes as well. Oh, it's a do good search for us on Facebook at do good army. You'll see our smiling mugs in the profile. Yeah, they're, they're ugly, but they're happy. And uh, <laughs> so also to join us and stay connected. Facebook is also a great place uh, to find out what is the latest thing that's going on. We're going to be releasing episodes pretty regularly and uh, going out there and doing good. Absolutely. And the best way for people to do is they can help you out by donating. Right. Tell us about that, too. Well, and so that's the thing is like uh, we we just push the donation straight over to those charities. So just by watching and sharing, you're going to be helping to raise funds that's and support for the charities that we're featuring. And then if you would like to donate directly to those charities, we're putting links there as well. 
And so we're just telling the story and trying to help connect the audience to the people who are making a difference. And you can find out where we're at at Do Good Army at Facebook. So Justin, also, are you, where's your first uh, docu-series you did? Where can you, people find that? So you can go to Amazon Prime and that film was called No Greater Love. Excellent and movie. It was, uh, I was with the 101st and uh, it just shows the, the Ford operations, but tells the story of the people that I served with. And I also don't want to forget that his band, Three Beards, you can find them also on Facebook. And Spotify and Pandora, yeah. where you can stream music. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you guys in Clubhouse. If you're not on Clubhouse yet, do you both have iPhones? I, I do. I do. Well, I've seen three birds. Yeah. I've seen three beards. I want to say I'm already following you. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you guys. Stay off. Stay on after this interview for a second. We can connect offline, but I appreciate everyone. And what a great first Courageously Broken. And Donna, we can get your book by just Googling Courageously Broken, right? comes out. That's right. Everywhere. It's available everywhere. You just Google Courageously Broken or D.A. Michaels, even though we're calling you Donna now, but all those things. But again, this is just the beginning. Make sure you like and share this because everybody needs to help others, especially during this hard time. Our country's divided. Let's keep helping each other. So I appreciate everyone taking uh, stopping by. Right on. All right. Great. All right, guys. Take care. That was Courageously Broken. See you guys.